Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, once again to another episode of What's Going On Here. This is episode 63. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in umbrella manufacturing circles. Mm -hmm. And with me, as always, I have the young, the fit, the tall and smooth and slick, (laughs) the Lord Marshal, the... What's the other title? I always forget. Why am I forgetting these? Lord Chancellor. Lord Chancellor. God, how do I forget the Chancellor? (sighs) The Lord Marshal, the Lord Chancellor, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Quigley, also known as the Quig in gardener's circles. Mm. How are you, sir? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I feel a little out of practice with our regular programming. Yes, it's we, weird coming back to the normal show. The normal <laughs> show, and you know what it was? I was looking at it. We did a bunch of specials actually beforehand too. We did the Oscar special, all that, and then we did like the seven episodes of the Bond yeah. special, which was absolutely lovely. Yes, I I, uh, I had real a lot of fun with it, watching all the Bond movies over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said it so many times, it kind of opened my eyes, opened into a little bit into film critics. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, oh, do you, you have to watch it at least. Like, in my, maybe it's because I'm a beginner, but I'm like thinking about it. I was like, you have to watch it at least twice to like give it a fair shake. I can see how people can, can become experts or obsessives on a certain genre now. Yes. By just watching all the same movies. Like, there are people out there that will go and watch like, they just watch like, you know, horror movies. Yes. Or like, they just watch like old Bruce Lee martial arts movies. Yeah, right, and they right. they just right. know that. Yeah. Because that's... They would just go, and that's all they'll watch for a year. Yeah. And after doing that with the Bond and watching all of them, like, I get it. Yes. Like, you just, it's so easy to become kind of, like, obsessed with the details. Yeah, like, you know what? Actually, <laughs> I don't want to do another special, but it wouldn't be bad if we did something just kind of, like, off off episode and maybe just kind of filmed it or something and did, like, the Bourne movies. Oh, yeah. As a comparison now yeah. to the to the Bonds. I don't remember those movies very well. I don't remember them very Which is well. It's ironic because that's kind of the point in the whole movie is the dude doesn't remember what's going on. <laughs> I have a born situation. I have a vague recollection. Yes. I'm like, wasn't, wasn't I once in a movie theatre? That's right. Once I. Was I? It's the agent? headaches. It's the headaches <laughs> that get you, isn't it? It's the yeah. headaches. <laughs> that was my terrible um, what's his face impression. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, oh, God, I'm awful with names. Why do I always blank on these things? Uh, what's his face? Who started with the BMW commercials? Clive Owen. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he was in the first one, and he was the one that when when what's his face shoots oh, I him, remember that. And he says it's the headaches, right? The headaches, uh-huh. the headaches, the terrible, aren't they? The headaches. <laughs> That's my Clive Owen impression. <laughs> Very lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So so we talked about a bunch of things to do. We we never did watch the like the movie we picked, which was Casino Royale. Or some of the others to pick and watch and do that. Because we figure, at this point, people are probably tired of Bond. (laughs) Yeah. 
Although there was an explosion of interest in the last episode of Bond. Oh, like worldwide, oddly mm. enough. Hmm. Yes, like everywhere. They wanted to know. Everywhere. Yeah. Pakistan, Vietnam, uh, uh, <laughs> Turkey, you, you name it. We see it popping up in like a Ho Chi Minh daily. What? They're going to be like, finally, the greatest Bond has been solved. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were wondering. <laughs> and these two guys from America helped us out big yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know what? I'll just throw out a sampling of countries real quick for you. All right, you ready? Um, India, France, Timor Leste, Colombia, Costa Rica, Indonesia, Ukraine, Costa Rica, Bangladesh, Bulgaria, Brazil, Mexico, U.S. of course, Vietnam, Peru, Argentina, Cambodia, Algeria. Mm. It, it kind of like all of a sudden, like everyone like picked up on it. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Oh. So, like we talked about in the last episode, <clears throat> we want to actually come back because we feel like we've been away from the nuts and bolts of our show, mm -hmm. the meat and potatoes. The you have any other metaphors for me? The spaghetti and meatballs. The spaghetti and meatballs. The cereal and milk of our show. Mm -hmm. The jelly and donut of our show, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, enough terrible metaphors. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we decided to kind of thank you all for hanging with us because we're basically just past the two-year mark that we've been doing this. Because yeah. we started two years ago. We started in April of 2017, I believe. Oh, okay. So we're just, just past that. We just started June. So we decided to go back and go to the countries that give us the most listens, mm. find a TV show, find a drink from that particular country, and do our thing. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know what our thing is, I'll say it again. We watch the middle 20 minutes of a TV show or a movie that we haven't seen or heard of before. Um, and if it's a foreign language, we turn off any subtitles or dubbing. And we watch the middle 20 minutes and we try to figure out what's going on. And at the same time, we uh, sample and uh, grade various adult beverages. Hmm. Craft beer, craft cider, cocktails. We famously finished the Bond set with some lovely martinis. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like the vodka martinis were great and we thought they were fantastic. And then we had the Vespers, which was just out of this world. And we said those were like the Mr. Burns of, of cocktails because any of those drinks on their own, you'd be like... Eh, eh, eh. But when you put them together for some reason, they were just amazing. Yeah. They were just lovely. So, we decided to go with the number one country out of the US, after the U.S. that listens to us. And right now, believe it or not, it's Argentina. Hmm. Argentina? Maybe. Somebody from Argentina, send us an email. Send us a little video on Facebook, on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Twitter. Let us know, are we pronouncing anything? You can send us an email at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. So, we're, we decided to go with Argentina. Mm -hmm. There's, quite frankly, nothing more Argentina than a Malbec. Because that's where the grapes are grown, mostly in Mendoza. Or is it Mendoza? Somebody can correct me on that pronunciation. So, I have a Cruz Alta Reserve. 100% Malbec, uh, and it's Mendoza, Argentina, and it's a 2017 vintage, mm. and the aging is 8 months in 50% new barrels, 
50% French and 50% American oak. So, okay. wait a minute. That's 150%. How? What? I'm confused here. <laughs> uh, well, the winemaker is going to have to like let me know what's going on here. But anyway, so the winemaker's notes are deep red color with hints of purple, rich black fruit and red plum aroma, smooth and concentrated tannins, long and firm finish. Ooh. It's interesting how in terms of wine, uh-huh. if you say black fruit, I'm like, hmm. But in any other circumstance, if I was going like fruit picking... <laughs> right, like, yeah. yeah, it's like a black fruit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, oh uh, no, 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 it's covered in poo. That's what not a you? good fruit. <laughs> right. Black is generally the color nature makes up when it's it's dead. That's not a that's the color of death. No good. But I mean, I I think it comes just simply from the black grapes because mm. there is the delineation. They're not really black. They're just yeah. dark blue. Mm. But then you have the red grapes, and then you have the white grapes, which are really lime, not even lime green. They're like a seafoam green, mm. really, when you think about it. So then don't go, that's my inner artist nerd coming out and destroying yeah. that color wheel for you. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. So anyway, so that's, that's Malbec 2017. We're going to sample that. Yep. And the TV show that we're watching is called Estocolmo. Estocolmo on Netflix. And um, it's like a thriller show. There was only one season, 13 episodes. And we decided, since it was just the one season, we're going to double down on the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And we went for the middle episode, which was episode 8, which was called Time for Revenge. Mm-hmm. At least that's the English translation. I don't know if that's people in Argentina. Could you tell us if that was the right translation or not? Or if it conveyed the right thing. Because if you speak more than one language, you do realize you cannot just literally translate because the meaning is not the same. Yeah, yeah. So, you can fix it. You can tell us whether that's correct or not. And we watched the middle 20 minutes of Time for Revenge of the show Estocolmo. And we have the Cruz Alta Malbec, which I will pop the cork open right now. Ooh. This is only, apart from football, this is only the third media, film, TV, anything I think I've ever seen that's set in Argentina that I have any memory of outside of Evita. Okay. And uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, that's right. Starship Troopers was technically set, set in... a futuristic uh, Buenos Aires. This is, this is correct. You are absolutely mm. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll say this much. They have a long cork. Apparently, there's another Starship Troopers. I heard that. Did you hear that little pop? Would you care to sample the cork, my friend? Sample the cork? Yes. Give it a sniff. Oh, give it give it a little sniff. Yes, sniff. that's that's what it means to sample the cork. Oh, I've never. I wasn't going to plug it in your butt. Or I, was anything like, like. <laughs> I was going to just like suck on the end. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, we had pizza before we started this. We watched the show. Now we're having wine. It is our first date. Yeah. So you know, totally. if you want this cork up your butt, I can. Eat. <laughs> After a couple of glasses, you might be able to talk oh, okay. me into this. But here, here Let's you go. See. Why don't you get the aroma yeah. there while ah. I pour us some wine? Mmm, winey. You want? <laughs> <laughs> oh well you see ladies and gentlemen after the bond series we've become so sophisticated fine cork it's a fine it says cork. written on it fine Ooh, look cork. at that color that's gorgeous Ooh, look at that Ooh, mm. get some gluggy sounds for the people listening back home that is a good smell that's it's, a good smell it's whiny as you said it very is, professionally it is whiny 
No, no, that, that's that's uh, Master Quigley. I meant to say mm. we are very sophisticated now. Oh, yes. That we've watched the Bourne series mm. and we've had cocktails, proper cocktails, yes. And now we will enjoy a nice glass of Malbec. Uh, let's rotate it and give it a little sniff, shall we? Check, check your legs. Ooh. Check your legs. Does it have legs? It has it, legs. It definitely has yeah, legs. It has legs. It's yeah. quite lovely. Apparently, we're going to be aristocratic, which is equivalent to retarded. But um, You have to keep those right in there. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. what they do. Like, like, Sir, like uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, <laughs> when Steve Martin <laughs> likes, sucks the wine through his nose. <laughs> well, here we go. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, indeed. Oh, let's try. Let's sample this guy, because the drinks are the stars mm. of the show. Oh, that's nice. Ooh, that is nice. That is very nice. Wow. Mm. And you know what? This is not a pricey bottle at all, by any stretch of the imagination. Wow. Yeah. That's a good find. Yeah. It was uh, on the little, you know how they have the little grade thing? Uh-huh. It was 92. Yeah. And they said it's probably the best valued Malbec that they had over in Total Wine. Mm. So I'm glad I picked it up because this is very nice. It is very nice. Wow. Uh, we're talking about a $13 bottle. Wow. So not like a $4 bottle, but... No. But it sure ain't a $50 bottle. This is actually... Of all the advice we give as far as drinks go, because sometimes we drink things, you know, people might not be able to find it very easily depending on where they are. Right. With beers and all the various things we've had. I mean, this, this is probably one of the better things to, to tell as far as advice because everyone's always looking for... No one, nice no one really fucking knows about wine. And if they... Dude, they don't listen to our show. No, they're certainly not. But, you know, because I never know, so it's always useful if someone actually can say, like, no, this is a good This wine. is a very, very it. nice wine. So there you go, people. Cruz Alta Reserve 100% Malbec. Vintage 2017. This is very nice. Mm. Although, this is, this is like, speaking of ingrained prejudices and stuff, this feels a little cheaty. Just like when we did the, 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 the martinis with Bond. Mm. I'm starting to feel like we have problems because we're drinking wine and, and, and cocktails at like, you know, in the afternoon. Whereas for beer, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem so bad because it, yeah. seems, it seems like you pop out for, for lunch, you have a beer or a cider with lunch and it's okay. Yeah. But somehow if you have a cocktail or a glass of wine, <laughs> it's a little too relaxing and like, well, slow your roll, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of it kind of feels that way to me. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, maybe like a small glass of red wine over lunch, that's okay. But mm. I guess two large glasses of red wine <laughs> like one o'clock in the afternoon, midweek is a little, you know... <laughs> Well, this is very nice. This is a very smooth wine. It's definitely fruity. It has a very um, woodsy finish. Like, I guess that must be the tannins. But it feels... Mm. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Like a post-bitter. Mm. Like afterwards. Like yeah, the back yeah, of the palate. It does. it does. I have a weird... I have the most irritating thing at the minute. I need to just discover... Like a couple of hours ago, what it was, it happened yesterday, and I was like, What is that? I've got some kind of like thing on my tongue. I thought it was on the back of my throat. Oh, it was like, Was I, it a penis? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, what happened was, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the wine is already working. <laughs> <laughs> I, was eat, I was eating some uh, particularly uh, tough sausages, uh, meat. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and I like nicked the back. It felt like the back of my throat, but I guess I just looked at it on my tongue. And then I guess it's like turned into like kind of like a canker sort. Oh yeah, 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 like on a blister. My tongue, yeah, 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 which I've never had before. Oh, and it's, it's and like it's a the blister. Back. It's yeah. like the root of my tongue. So it, I couldn't differentiate between my throat and my tongue because you never feel anything. Yeah, there. sure, 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 sure. So I was like, huh, 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 huh. what's this? Yeah. But it, it, what it feels like is it? What it feels like is if you you're eating something particularly herby. And you get like a, a harsh herb, like a parsley or something, right? Stuck on like the top of your mouth, like in your throat. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're like trying to like, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're trying yeah, to like yeah, cough yeah. it out, and you can't get it. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Okay, just constantly, I have like the feeling of that there's something just like sticking in the back of my throat. Well, Mr. Quigley, perhaps if you were a little more careful oh, about the company no. you chose. I know. No. I shouldn't deep throat. No, you shan't deep Only throat. Only gentlemen suck the tip. That's what I say from now on. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad we have that disclaimer that this is not a family show. <laughs> Couple of swigs of red wine. <laughs> We're, done. We're done. Oh my goodness, yeah. This is this is a very enjoyable wine. Yeah, this no, is really very, good. very enjoyable. It is, it's very good. Hmm. I have to say, like I said, we had pizza. Because it's a long got... and firm finish. It well. is a long and firm finish. I mean, feel it. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> That's the wrong podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is, yeah, this is very. I... I mean, you know what it is? I never thought much of wine in my younger years. Yeah. Because it was always like, ah, whatever. But like, as I've gotten older, like my palate has developed more, of course. And of course, doing all the like various beer tastings, it's like, mm. oh, okay. And and just the cocktails and all of that stuff. This uh, I, and I've started to appreciate. Like I said, I've started to appreciate wines more. This is a very nice wine, very smooth. Yeah. Um, great wine. Now, great if you were at a barbecue, and this is the only <laughs> yeah, thing they were serving, serving, this is a very posh barbecue. Mind <laughs> it's you. a posh barbecue. <laughs> it's very. Posh. It is. I used to live in when in back in England. I used to live in an area where that I could easily have seen it happening. We used to have a neighbor called Charles, uh-huh. and he was somehow. Was his full name Char- Charlemagne? I don't know. I, I can't remember what his uh, his other names were. He had a bunch of names. Oh, he, that's, that's hoity-toity. He was connected to the royal family somehow. Oh, boy. Because he would get invited every year to the Christmas party they had at what? the like, fucking palace. You're fucking kidding. Yeah, we lived out in the countryside. This was out in the country. Oh. And uh, Charles, he the reason I got to know Charles is he was two doors down from us. This huh? big house, lived alone with his mother and his uh, oh. live-in Burmese uh, au pair. Um, who was called Sweet. What? Yeah, I know. Burmese, was it a man or a woman? It was a woman. Okay. Her name was Sweet. She was from Burma. What did she have an au pair for if he lived alone with his mother? Did he have kids? No. She just did... Is an au pair the whole thing like to have like a live-in like babysitter? She was like, she was basically just a servant, but he referred to her as the au pair. A pair of what? What probably happened (laughs) is he probably, he probably, they probably already had, they probably had an au pair when he was a child. And then just kept having just kept hiring. Oh, okay, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was old now. He was in his forties, whatever. Okay, but um, what do you I, mean? He was a young buck. He was barely out of school. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I mean, God, oh, didn't you hear Donald Trump talk about Don Jr.? He's a young man. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, go ahead. he used to he used to be in charge of the um the bell ringing group <laughs> in the church down the road. And he came and recruited me to be a bell ringer. <laughs> oh, this is a great optic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
was not expecting that. Oh my god, I was choked on this wine. The control yeah. that I had to exercise not to spray this wine yeah. all over the studio here. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. bell ringer and he got you. Ringer. He got me to bell ringer, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That was, so, do you pull the long me. thing and then swing <laughs> the other one? Only the big, only the adults got to got to pull the the big the big bass bells with oh big big ropes. God. Oh I, you know, I was God. smaller, so I had them all like the uh, oh. the like the tenor bells. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was in charge of that. Okay. But his how he, he used to um, <laughs> he used to have uh, little dinner part, little garden parties every now and again, and. Uh, we play croquet. Don't tell my life I play. I oh play my croquet. god! This is. I good. learned to play croquet. At this is house. seriously just. Um, I feel more classy just listening to this oh, description. Yeah. And he's and he, he didn't drink to my memory, but he's the sort of person that I can imagine would have people wine would have been around right. for a, for a, for a gun party, and he'd be like, um, you know, I'm just looking around in the in the back, and I just came up with this. Uh, Whatever, uh, Shadow of the Pop. Uh, yeah, right, Will this right. do? I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you drink this? I this is, yeah, yeah, he'd pull out like a 15,000 bottle, yeah. <laughs> bottle like, of wine. There you uh, go. Would you like some? Uh, will this do? I'm terribly sorry. I'm sorry, I don't drink. I only I drink from the breast of my mother. Who's <laughs> <laughs> 89? Exclusively. <laughs> yes. It's more like a powdered milk at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So, but but yeah, if we were at Charles's barbecue and this is all he had, I would be perfect. He used yeah. to have handbells as well for parties that he'd bring uh, out. Bang, bang, when people would bang, play bang. the yeah, uh, like, come on, gather around, bell ringers. <laughs> We'd all have. Uh, oh my God, poor Charles. Poor Charles. Poor yeah. Charles is living the metaphor, man. <laughs> he just wants to be in a Caligula movie so bad. <laughs> He's just living a metaphor. Yeah. Oh. Now I feel bad for Charles. Oh, <laughs> he did all right. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. Um, and but he was 100% a homosexual man. Uh, definitely, you, I would have <laughs> never guessed from these descriptions. I mean, he did. didn't know that he was. I think, but you know, I, I'm pretty sure he knew that he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't want anyone else. I mean, to he know. was recruiting 14 rough boys <laughs> to ring bells a couple of doors down. Uh. That's where he moved into. He was like, "Oh, welcome! I saw that the uh, for sale sign is has been sold." Um, so I really been. Would you be? In, would your son be interested in bell ringing? He didn't. He didn't even wait, man. Yeah. He yeah. saw a nice young strapping mm. Irish lad. Oh yeah. And said, "Oh, I would love his hand on my handle." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good for you and good for Charles. That led me to where uh, there was a girl who used to ring bells as well. And uh, that was my first foray into... I was about 14, 13, 14. Uh-huh. It's my first foray into kind of... Uh, Sensuality? Yeah, yeah into uh-huh. kind of being... The Awakening? Oh, no, she oh. was kind of going after me and I wasn't interested. I was like, oh, I don't know. But she used to come around and knock for me. And I wouldn't be there sometimes. I was like, I'm not there. But she used to ring bells. She was interesting. Her name was Zenobia. Zenobia. Ooh, that's a fancy Z- name. Zenobia. Which actually, funny enough, because she was like... She looked Indian. She had like an Indian kind of like vibe to her. So I assumed that she was some, but apparently it's Cornish. It's from Cornwall. It's an old Cornish name, Zenobia. Oh, really? Cornish have these weird names. Sure. Down there. Um, But she was always trying to, you know, get me to. So she was Welsh? Run around the graveyard. No. No? No, 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 no. She she was, I don't know where she was from originally, somewhere. But her surname was Whore. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dude. You I'm want me to call the therapist? <laughs> there's all sorts of revelations happening on this that. show. Pretty sure she's not listening. Oh yeah. my god. You're not going to scream and shout that all of a sudden your butt hurts, are you? <laughs> Suddenly, you know, I'm drinking wine and I have a different part of me is coming out. So it really is. <laughs> it's turned into like a uh, it's into it's, like a memoir. <laughs> my life and times. This, this has turned into a Boy Scout memoir. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's happening uh, here. Zenobia yeah. came chasing after me. I said, "No, mummy, hide her from me. No." Little Miss Hawes here. <laughs> Miss Hawes is here for you. Lad, Miss Hawes is here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, but back to the wine. If yes. Charles had this at his barbecue, I'd be perfectly happy. Oh yeah, this is this is a very nice wine. Yeah. Okay, and now for our show, for all our uh, uh, Argentine mm. listeners, Estocolmo, time for revenge. Mm. So we start at minute. The episode is forty-six minutes. We start at minute thirteen and watch to minute thirty-three. Uh, opening scene is there's an older gentleman. Probably in his 70s, mm. early 70s, late 60s, talking to a young woman. And they're like in the hallway of an apartment building, a, ho- excuse me, a ho- hotel, something like that. And no one looks very, it's, I mean, this is stereotypes, it's the same as Brazilians, but like they all look very white, all these Argentinians. They are. Yeah. They're just a bunch of freaking Italians and Spaniards and, yeah. you know, with the occasional natives mixed in here and there. I forget that. Well, I mean, if you look like almost everybody had freaking blue eyes yeah. in the goddamn show. You just think about South America, think of all the other countries though, like Peru, Chile, Mexico, Central America. But like, you know, you think of all that and then you just get like Brazil and Argentina, two biggest countries and it's just full of white people. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Weird. It's true. Hmm. So, um, it opens up with a young woman and a man talking and they're having a little bit of a heated argument, hmm. but it's more like the old man is almost... Um, I guess, uh, uh, pleading with the younger woman and she's not having it. Mm. She is is just annoyed with him. She wants no part of it and basically calls off the conversation by just walking away. So, uh, he... She, go, she goes and waits for the elevator. Shots in the hallway. Everything's done in the hallway. And he just kind of like tiredly leans on the wall. And she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then she says, Papa, what's wrong? And you're like, oh, okay, this is her father. She's pissed at her dad for whatever reason. Mm. Now, this hallway is really fancy to the point where I thought it was maybe a hotel. Yes. So it, it, that should have been our first hint that these are people with money. Mm. But it wasn't a hotel. This was just her apartment. And uh, she talks to him. He says, I, what, he says, whatever he says, like, I'm not feeling so good, whatever. So she says, all right, let's, let's bring you in, blah, blah, blah. So she brings him inside. Next scene goes to a woman talking, a redheaded woman. And you correctly pointed out, she reminds you of Jessica Walters. And mm. she totally did. <clears throat> she looked very much like Jessica Walters. That sounded, if, if people didn't see that you were about to cough, it sounded like you were about to cry. And you, when you said <laughs> Jessica Walters, it sounded like you were just about, and she totally did. <laughs> You're like, oh God, we've charged up more memory. The wine is really bringing it <laughs> the wine, the, the wine is our therapist today. <laughs> so, uh, um, and when she, what, and this was really puzzling. So it's an older actress, easily in her 70s. Mm. 
but so much plastic surgery and the lighting in that particular shot was so awful for her. Shiny lips. Shiny lips. And you saw all this like, almost like a, 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 a cellulite all around her chin below the lips. I can see the fingerprints of her surgeon. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> it was really, it was really a very unflattering shot. Because when they showed her and then the way she was talking, you know, you could see that there was uh, uh, Botox injections, all sorts of stuff. Like her lips were barely moving. And to me, she looked nothing more like a stroke victim who fell chin first into a fire. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, yeah her mouth looked more like just a hole in her face. It, 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 it literally, it literally, I literally, the first thing I said was like, was she like a fire victim? Because that's what her lower chin looked like. Yeah. And then like looking a little bit more, I was like, my God, this woman has had so many surgeries yeah. that this, she's almost disfigured. She yeah. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But in this particular lighting, it was really, really bad. Mm. Really bad. And she's talking on the phone and there's a guy in, and it's a very, very, uh, estate-like den, office, whatever you want to call it, you know, heavy leather furniture, big bookcases, all somber, you know, wood colors kind of stuff. You're like, okay, these, this woman's got money. Mm -hmm. And she's talking on the phone and she's talking on the phone with some authority, you know, there's, there's nothing hysterical. And because she's had so many plastic surgeries, your first indication is, and this is why I thought she was a burn victim, because her <laughs> face and her forehead was completely smooth. Yeah. Like the cheeks and the forehead, everything was smooth, smooth. And then I was looking for the telltale sign, which is usually the hands. Mm. And it's like, and that's the one where, you know, it's like until plastic surgeons start like stretching out the skin on the hands, you're not going to fool anybody. Yeah. And you looked at her hands and she, I mean, she had an old woman's hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to say old crone, but that's kind of what it looked <laughs> like. You know, I mean, she had old gnarly hands. I mean, it was... You know, the skin was in perfect shape and it was nice and pale and creamy and all that. But it was wrinkled old hands. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this woman's easily in her 70s. And I believe you looked it up and she was 77? 77, yeah. 77, okay. And there's some guy, middle, middle to later middle age guy, so probably late 50s, I'd say. And while she's talking on the phone, he's kind of... He's doing one of these things that, that I'm sure everybody that's listening to this have, have been in that situation where you're in a room and it's a conversation and you're kind of part of the conversation, but you're not in the conversation. So occasionally you react to whatever they're saying mm -hmm. and you kind of smile or grin or nod your head or whatever. And this is what this guy is doing. And so she hangs up the phone and starts talking to him. And he has, oddly enough, and I mean, these are the things that stick, stuck out to me. He has, oddly enough, a very high-pitched voice, mm -hmm. or relatively high-pitched <clears> voice. Like, he spoke as a tenor. He Not, spoke fast as well. He had and he spoke quickly. But that's, I mean, that's Argentine Spanish. They, like, I picked out, like, maybe every eighth word yeah, out yeah. of that, you know. Um, so, he's talking to her, and it's almost like, like, if the shit hit the fan, he could make a play for her power position it was like it was it was mm. a tone of equals yeah, like yeah. i'm i'm deferring to you here but in a different situation i'd be in charge that's a good point he looks like he yeah come to think of it chances are imagine what it is is she sits on a board of directors something like this corporation yeah. is and he is like a junior yes executive yes that once she's out he's probably going to end up 
as a director. Yes, you're right. If she goes on sabbatical, he's the one yeah, in charge yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. Right. And they chat back and forth, and then that's over. And then I think the scene, and like I said, this was the thing about this show. There were so many scene changes, and so much stuff was happening, mm. yet nothing was happening yeah. that it was hard to keep track of. So then I think, I believe the scene was to the ta tattoo parlor. Mm -hmm. And there's a tattoo parlor, there's an older guy in the back, he's probably in his mid to late 50s. You know, very much like any tattoo place owner, a lot, a lot of tattoos, but it's not like a dingy tattoo parlor at all, because let's face it, tattoo parlors aren't dingy anymore. Oh, no. You know, they're all just like, uh, I, I drove one earlier today in Kloster, which is a very hoity-toity neighborhood. Yeah. There's a tattoo parlor there, and I was laughing about it. I'm like, you know, when I was a kid, you didn't find tattoo parlors unless you were in the rough end of town. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, that was it. it was they're fine. My wife just got a tattoo recently in Englewood, in this place, and like, I was sitting there on this leather, leather sofa. It was like a there, salon. There was like a Red Bull, <laughs> and there was watching, we were watching like, TV and it, yeah, it's like a really cushy places now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but there are artists. I think that's what's different. Tattoo artists used to be like just sailors, rough. right, 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 right. Just and rough now guys. they're like artists. Now they're like the, you know, they're like the young kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, I was even saying that uh, both of my uncles passed away, but they used to have their. They were the typical post World War Two tattoos, mm. where it was a tattoo of a car. Yeah, like a like one of them had a, a like a 1953 DKV, mm. which was the predecessor to Audi. Yeah, and and it was like a truck that he had, and and another uncle had like a a, a naked woman, but it was all like one line drawing. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was just there was there was no detail really, and of course at that point they were older. And just a great blob. Like, right, yeah. right, right, right. It was it was typical military tattoo. You yeah, get two yeah. or three of them because you're in the army, and that's that kind of stuff. Um, so it's the old guy sitting in the back and he's obviously the owner and there's a very goth, creepy guy in front of him going through tattoos mm. and in a book and he had black gloves on and he was very pale and they're obviously trying to sell this particular character as this guy's not right. Mm. And I mentioned it later as we're watching... Music's a huge part of this TV show. There yeah. was like not a single scene that we saw that didn't have music in the background prominently. It's very a la Trent Reznor, the movies and stuff that Trent Reznor's done. Social Network was the first one he did, and he's done a bunch since then. Uh -huh. with this electronic kind of like soundtrack. Whereas mm. it used to be all the orchestral, and now it's more the electronic, synthy, rock kind of like. Right thing and they had that kind of bassy like yes 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 electronic you're right thing very very nine inch nails kind of yeah. vibe to it yeah absolutely so this guy's looking and the guy tells him something and he's looking all creepy and he goes to the different part of the parlor and picks up a package and then the scene cuts and so i i thought like oh maybe he's a cop mm. and he's looking through the things don't know so anyway, scene, next scene goes, and this is, like I said, I, I lost track whether that was the tattoo parlor. I think the tattoo parlor was the next scene. And um, then the scene is two guys in a fancy office building with enough gel in their heads to supply a small village for a year. Oh, yeah. Like between the two of them. Like there was a shorter guy and then a taller guy. 
And the taller guy is obviously the guy in charge. And I think they referred to him as Agent H. Mm. So he works for some Argentinian men law in enforcement agency. Well, yeah, <laughs> men in black, yeah. And the younger guy, which you correctly pointed out, kind of reminded you of Donald Trump Jr., yeah. except not as douchey. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> except his suit didn't fit right. It bothered me. Mm. Like a lot of these things, like, and I mentioned it for several other characters. Um, so the two of them walk together, and there's a taller guy and a shorter guy. The shorter guy is the Don Trump Jr. The taller guy's got this thin kind of eyeliner beard going on and mustache and big aquiline nose and the whole nine. And um, the two of them sit in the other guy's office. So Don Jr. is deferring to the older guy, mm. or not older guy, taller guy. And they're talking back and forth. And then some tidbit comes on the news. And... Um, <clears throat> I think it showed like a, a, a girl and he was kind of like distracted and the, young, the other guy, the Don Jr. guy says, all right, I'll let you go. And he goes and then they just show the dude in charge, Agent H, uh, gets on the phone to talk to somebody. Yeah. So then we go to... Oh, but I forgot to mention that before that in, in, with the older woman... And the guy, when they were talking in the second scene, she got a call mm. or she got a text that said, Paula, Paula, I think it was, or whatever, wants to talk to Agent H or mm. wants to see Agent H. Um, so now fast forward back to the two guys, the two agents talk, the one guy leaves, scene cuts. Next scene cut goes to a young, thin woman in a living room just... Staring at a wall. Mm -hmm. Nothing's happening except for music. You know, literally nothing's happening but music. Yeah. They're like, okay, who's this? I don't know what's going on here. Um, then the scene went back to the building for, with the couple from the first scene. The father-daughter. And they walk out to the front of the building. And a car pulls up. And it's like a limo, like a Mercedes or BMW or whatever, like a 7 Series, whatever it is. Mm. And um, the father's saying something like, well, your mother needs to blah, 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 whatever. And the window rolls down and it's the woman from the second scene. And you're like, oh, this is her mother. Yeah. And so the daughter walks over and she's very reluctant to talk to her mother. She, she's not happy about this at all. So she goes to the car. She gets in the car, and then the father's about to go in the car, and they just close the door on him and drive off, and he's just like left literally on the sidewalk. Yeah. Then this, then this next scene was. Was that guy the guy they said looks like a Turkish footballer standing around on the rooftop at some point? What was that? That was, I think, a little bit later. Oh. Yeah, because he was he he was just like literally like. In the middle of our 20 minutes, he might have been right in, the, in like at minute 10. Mm. And we were just like, who is this guy? And you correctly said, he looks like he should be on Galatasaray or whatever. Mm. He, like a Turkish football team and be the top goal getter or something. Yeah. Um, I think he was maybe a scene or two removed from this one. This one, the next scene, <clears throat> I want to say was with Agent H in the morgue. Okay, yeah. With yeah. a medical examiner. Oh, yeah. Blue-eyed corpse. And, right. And the guy peels back the sheet, and it's a young, pretty woman, blue eyes, eyes wide open. 
and and the shot is literally overhead looking down on her upside down and the two of them on either side so you just kind of almost see like just their silhouettes they're not really in the shot yet and it's just the shot is just on her and her eyes and full credit to this actress Mm -hmm. because this went on for a good 15 20 seconds yeah and she didn't breathe or bat an eyelid or twitch or anything now Maybe they did it through editing where they just need to get, get a second of it and just draw it out in slow-mo. We wouldn't know, you know, because of editing or whatever. But she didn't, But it was just such an odd shot. Because, like, the first thing to both of us being that we're both actors was like, why would you put an actor through that? Mm. And first of all, it's a corpse. Why would her eyes be open? And second of all, she's already in the medical examiner's room. Why would the medical examiner leave her eyes open? The only, I mean, the only way I can think is she must have, uh, we must know who she is. Like, she must have been in previous episodes, so we knew who mm. she was. So it was important for us to know that, like... For sure. Oh, that's who that is. Well, the, 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 the episode is called Time for Revenge. Oh, yeah. So she might have been the object of that revenge. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. We don't know. So, <clears throat> from there, I think... Yes, from there it goes to our young woman from the beginning, I think Paula was her name, and the redhead woman, the Argentinian Jessica Walters, talking in the older woman's offices somewhere. Mm. And the young woman, the daughter, is sitting there and she looks, looks nervous, and the mother's talking to her, and then she turns around and puts on a tough guy face, and she's getting angry with the mother, and the mother is trying to be very um, conciliatory, and... Not quite apologizing for whatever to soothe the daughter, but she's she's definitely trying to reason with her. Yeah. Like she's laying out, she's trying to be as uh, objective as she possibly can through the conversation and is laying everything out to the daughter and listen and don't worry about it and this and that and, and everything is very conciliatory. And then in different shots, you see the daughter kind of just getting, and you see from like her hand motion, she's getting a little nervous and she doesn't know what to do, and she's confused, and whatever. Mm. And she's very moody. She always looks very moody. The daughter. She was yeah, I very seen her smile. No smile. No, no, no. Not, one, not once did she smile. Not once yeah. in, the, in the entire twenty minutes. Um, and then from that scene, we went to the father going to the house of the girl that popped up for no reason in the living room, staring at the wall. Yeah. And she opens up the door, and he's talking to her, and they're having an exchange. And she very much is not happy that he's there. Because she's basically, she only has the door open enough, wide enough to, like, show her face through the door Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And he's trying to, I guess, plead with her about something. Let me talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And she's basically, I have nothing to say to you. Fuck off, whatever. And he tries to push, and she's like, no, fuck off. And she basically slams the door shut. Yeah. So... And I think it's after that scene that we see the dude. He's just in the living room. And it's just moody close-ups of him with odd music. And the music kind of changed because it then became like almost like a carnival tune. Remember at one point, the music, all of, all of the music was kind of like, like you said, very Trent Reznor-y. And then at one point, the music became kind of like a carnival love story. It was just really oh, weird. I it was like, that. like, what? Why? It was like a, totally, it was just a very different. And yeah. I remember just going like, what, what? Why that kind of change of music? You know, because I thought maybe something funny was going to happen. <laughs> but nothing did. You know, it was, it was just really a weird switch for me. And then they showed the guy on top of the roof, wherever he was. It was a hotel or something. 
and he's just look overlooking Buenos Aires, wherever it is in Buenos Aires. He looks Aires. suspicious. I don't know what he's doing. I thought he was going to like get a gun or he didn't. He, he looked teary-eyed for a second, and I thought maybe he was going to throw himself off the roof. Uh, he didn't. Um, good thing he didn't. That would be silly. What a waste of a Turkish footballer. Oh, yeah. Um, then the scene went to... The van? Did we get a van? Yes, yeah. the van. The creepy guy from the tattoo parlor. Yeah. It's literally the woods somewhere, like some park. No one's around. And the guy has this old Mitsubishi van, the size of, um, what was the, what were the vans? The Euro van that Volkswagen had. Oh, yeah, the, if, yeah, 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 yeah. About that size. I don't know what, what, what. The camper van. Thing. Yeah, like, like a little, little mini camper van. Not quite a full size van, but you know. He's like the mystery, uh, yeah. mystery machine. It's, I would say smaller than the mystery. Well, maybe it's about that size. But you're right. It's mm. it's kind of like the mystery machine. You're right. So, <clears throat> you see the, the van in the distance. And you see the guy. And you hear buzzing. Mm. And you see a girl. And you hear buzzing. And it was kind of like, uh-oh. Is this dude like have a dildo? What's going on I here? thought initially, I thought for some strange reason. I was like, she's going to turn around. This guy's just going to be shaving his pubes. <laughs> right, just like you know, what well, the fuck? One, and that, just like your Silence of the Lambs style, like. I don't know why my Siri thing went off, but that's what beeped there, oh. and it said that's not very nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, well, Siri. Siri. I'm sorry. Yes, but we're we're talking business here, Siri. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. Wow, your Siri's approved. You should my Siri. My Siri's Australian. She's <laughs> nice. My Siri's English, I believe. Yeah. So anyway. So, he's tattooing this girl, and I was like, oh my god, she's a corpse. You know, and he's just tattooing to, like, lead a false trail or whatever. Mm. But then he moves her, and he's, like, looking around like a caged cat. And then he moves her, and she looks up at him, and you're like, okay, she's not dead. She's very obviously drugged. Mm. And then, of course, he does the oddest thing, which I think was stupid. He's in the back of the van. He gets her off his lap, kind of, and push her, puts her down in the back of the van. And then instead of just walking out of the back of the van with the door open and closing the door and going to the driver's side, he pulls the door closed from inside the van, like, very creepily. Yeah. Which was, like, almost laughable how, like, hard they try to make that look it creepy. It was awkward. It, it was very awkward. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Well, it doesn't close from inside. Oops, okay. No. Yeah. And then the scene goes to... The two agents, they're in the tattoo parlor and they're questioning the tattoo guy. Mm. And they're asking for various inks and the guy's like, oh yeah, this is like a silver ink or whatever. And they're basically trying to find out, was anybody asking for this ink? Yeah. And I think that's what it was. I think now that now that I'm talking about it, the creepy guy ordered the ink from the tattoo guy. Uh-huh. And that's what the package was that he picked up. And that's why the guy was oh, telling yeah. him who it was. And he, he said, van, go look for him in a van, blah, blah, blah. Okay, from there, the scene goes to a lot of scenes, a lot of scene changes. There must have been like 20 scene changes in those 20 minutes. Yeah, like the, the, the main, I assume the protagonist, the young woman, the moody woman the yeah. whole time, she had like no lines. She had like four lines. Like yes. she, was most, she was in a lot of scenes where she just like was just walking and looking and being like, mm. yeah. Yeah, 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 so yeah. many scene changes of nothing really happening. Yeah. Um, then we see the two agents back in the office talking about, they kind of figure out what's going on. 
And then Agent H, who's in charge, calls uh, someone. Then it goes to a scene, <clears throat> the young woman, the daughter, she's part of a, some kind of show thing that mm -hmm. we see, because it's obviously a backstage thing. And she gets a call, and it's Agent H talking to her. Yeah. And she, of all things, has a BlackBerry in 2016, which is very funny. So, anyway, so she goes and walks over, and you see it's a news TV show set, and the anchor is her father. Yeah. And she talks to her father. And then, and I think then the scene after that is they show her in front of a camera talking, mm -hmm. and she's talking how she's going to interview the Argentinian Jessica Walters, her mother. Yeah. And that's our 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. What the fuck's going on? I mean, Estocolmo has really thrown me for a loop. There was, like I said, there was so... Oh, and we forgot the girl, the skinny girl that talked to the old guy earlier. She apparently has agents looking after her. And she snuck out of the apartment, went through this whole, like, scenery change where she walked all over the place with very odd background positioning, I might mm -hmm. add, for background actors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, there was just a dude holding a bag, literally doing nothing, standing stiff as a pole. I'm like... <laughs> is this a normal thing in Argentina? Is a guy just sitting there with a bag? That did like is a weird law where it's like you're not allowed to loiter unless you're holding a bag. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. A man holding a bag has purpose. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a very philosophical yeah. shot. It really was. <laughs> and she kind of just puts on a coat and gets out, and the agents don't see her at all. And she seems very pleased about it. She had a smirk on her, like you know, the cat that swallowed the canary. And she walks some distance. Again, everything's covered with music. And she gets into a car, a black car. You don't see anybody that's driving in there. You just see her get in the car. Oh, and there was a funeral scene that we didn't talk about with the little guy from the second scene with the Argentinian Jessica Walters where you mentioned how tiny the coffin was. Oh, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. It was a little coffin, and there was three guys dressed, and they all looked like they were politicians. And this is what annoyed me. The little guy from the Jessica Walters scene, his suit was too big for him. The guy that was next to him, the seat was the suit was too tight for him. And all I could think was like, what the fuck is costuming do, doing? Because nobody's clothes are fitting right. Yeah. The, the Don Jr., his suit was too big for him. It was like, didn't you people measure these guys before they got to the shoes? Like what? a lot of last minute recasting. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> it, it really was, yeah. So that was that was it. There was just so much going on, and yet nothing happened. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, this is a very common occurrence. This seems to happen a lot in, in our various uh, show international shows. Uh -huh. Often that happens. Uh -huh. and, I mean, and then there's one thing I would say for like the, the American shows that we watch is there's usually something happen. I mean, it's often crap. Right. There's usually something happening. Right. But in a lot of these shows, it's, it's just... It's interesting think, storytelling. Yeah. I guess they're just trying really hard to be like... But, but then, but like you said earlier correctly, we were literally in the middle episode of the middle mm. of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're literally season, we're episode eight, the middle 20 minutes of episode eight. For all we know, so far, 30 plot lines have been tied up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know because yeah. we watched this right in the middle. Yeah. However, true. we need to make a deduction as to what's going on here. But before we do that, Shall we um, grade our Cruz Alta Reserve? Indeed. Very, very good. Big fan of this. This is a this is a very, very nice wine. Really easy drinking wine, but I like, would uh, uh, talk about an easy wine to bring to a mm, dinner party. Mm, mm. This is it. You're going and somebody's making steak or making a barbecue or something. 
Definitely bring this wine. It's good. I heard someone say recently they didn't like Malbec. I don't know why. I don't know why. Is it too sweet for them? Maybe. Maybe I don't know. It's. I mean, it's a little bit sweet. It's a little bit fruity, yeah. but nothing. Nothing. Not, not like a, a a Riesling or a Zinfandel. I mean, mm. 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 it's very nice. It has nice tannins. Yeah. And it has, like I said, a nice little after uh, the, the the woodsy finish. I think it's lovely. Yeah, well, it's fifty percent new barrels, fifty percent French, and fifty percent American oak. That's one hundred fifty percent of the time. <laughs> this is like <laughs> Sex Panther from Anchorman. Yeah, sixty percent of the time it works every time. <laughs> it's confusing. I fifty percent new barrels, fifty yeah. percent French, and fifty percent American oak. Like, is it that the it so fifty percent new barrels, fifty percent are old, and of the fifty percent new barrels. Those barrels, 50% of them are French and 50% are American oak. But that's really confusing. I guess they were like, oh, it would be too confusing if we say uh, eight, eight months in 50% old barrels, 50% new barrels, 25 of which are 25% of the 50% are French. Well, that, I, I, I was reading that, well, no, my initial instinct was that it was new barrels hmm. for half the time it aged, and then it was in barrels that were 50% French and 50% American oak. Why you would make barrels like that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe the the half the rest of the period there were they split times between being a quarter of the time in French barrels and a yeah. quarter of the time in American barrels. I mean, it's regardless of what it means, there's someone out there who's getting paid a lot of fucking money for who's need to justify their job yes. because it's a very complicated scenario. <laughs> it is a very complicated scenario. Someone's like, I don't know what I'm doing. They. They're giving me $150,000 a year and I need to come up with something to justify it. So, so I'm doing the shit with the fucking barrels and percentages and French and... That'll throw them out off for a couple of years at yeah. least. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's that okay. or I'm playing like Nirvana to the grapes. I will say, I will say what one thing that wine does that, for me at least, that a lot mm. of other drinks do, they make me smack my lips a lot. Yeah. You know, that's true. The other ones they don't, but I guess because they, it's wine is a little bit drying. Yeah, it dries. My, yeah, it, I, I get that. It, it dries my mouth out. But you know, that's kind of that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll live mouth. with it. I'll live with it. Some very right. decent legs on this wine. Very it's decent. it's it's a very nice wine. Yeah. Um, you want to go first, or should I go first with the wine grade? Um. Oh, this is kind of complicated grading wine. Yes, we've we've well, we did one episode. You weren't there way back yeah. when with Amy and and Angela mm. that we did, and those were kind of fruity wines too. So it was a very different ball game, and they were awful. Those wines. I think I think I would give this a four point three because oh. I I like it. Okay, um, and it was we said it was given a ninety two from Total Wines, yeah. so that's pretty much the same grade, except mine's a little more generous. Right. Just, just for the basis of like, well, you know, I haven't had as much good wine as I imagine the people that graded that entire wine have. Right. So for me, you know, it's slightly better than I expected. And also, I wasn't expecting it to be a really nice wine. You know, I thought it'd be like, oh, you know, it's just a regular wine. Malbec, I thought, yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a nice. It's definitely the nicest Malbec I've had. This is this is a wine that you're fine drinking on its own. Yeah. Like, this is not something that needs to accompany something. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times people are like, oh, this should go with fish, and this should go yeah. with... It's like, no, no, no. I If this is like, 
I'm just going to sit down and if I was that kind of drinker where I'm going to sit down and watch a movie and pour myself a glass of wine and this was it, I'd be like, oh, this okay. Is, yeah, this is the sort of bottle of wine that if this was at a restaurant, they'd be charging like $60 for this bottle of wine. Something like Easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. This is a very, it's, yeah. A 4.3, I think, is a fair grade. I was going to give it because, unfortunately, we haven't, but then the same thing with the other drinks. So, I think... As we say, like our 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 uh, um, gradients are changing, our curves are changing over time as we're doing all these things. And I think at this point it's starting to get because we're gonna try do different things, drinks in general, like mm. what this is like. I I would give this a four one, not quite a four okay. three, yeah. but I would give this a four one because, like I said, it's everything included. I'm not like. Uh, in awe of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, if Charles invited me to swing his bells and this was all he had at his bell swinging party, I would definitely be happy with this. Yeah. I don't know about the bell swinging, but <laughs> I, I would definitely be... And you know what? No, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make it a 4-2. Yeah. I'm going to make it a 4-2 because it really is that nice. I really enjoy this very much. I, I, now I can't get the image of you... Bell, yeah, Charles' party. I just imagine Charles, you know, t- tackling you to the ground. <laughs> God, like, I'm glad I didn't oh, drink Tomo, before you said that. Oh, Tomo, you've got a grass stain on your trousers. <laughs> um, you should come inside. I'll fetch you a pair of uh, something. I'll just fetch you a, a pair of like pure white tennis shorts. Oh, like, really too short. tight. Really too tight. Like, oh, these will do, chap. Oh, these will do just fine. These will do fine. Can, and you, my, and my... can you fit everything in there? And at this age, my balls are just hanging out the sides. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure people didn't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what is going on here, my friend? Do you want to go first or should I? Hmm. Why don't, why don't, why don't I go? Okay. Why don't I go? I mean, let's face it. I'm just a tech yeah. guy here. You're the star. So I'm going <laughs> to let you do it. You go second. I'll go first. Um, I'm the bronze of the operation. You're yeah. the beauty. That, that's oh. without a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. All right. So I will say this. This is obviously a big corporate move mm. with a powerful media family involved. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a um, Patty Hearst thing going on with the skinny girl. And she's joining terrorists slash revolutionaries slash whomever to bring the man down. Mm-hmm. And I think Jessica Walters is kind of the man mm-hmm. that they're trying to bring down. And she's got too many like people in her pocket. So the younger daughter's pissed off. Whereas the older daughter, Paula, that we've seen is just trying to do her job and be a good journalist and just bring the truth to the people. And I think that's what's going on here. And Time for Revenge was the other girl. She was probably another reporter that got too close to a story and got silenced. And she was silenced by creepy tattoo guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. He he's just a pawn, I think. Hmm. What do you think? What do I think? I think that it is. Um, it kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of those like perfume commercials that you see. Where people are sort of aimlessly kind of walking around <laughs> cityscapes. Yes. <laughs> looking right. at like reflections and out of focus shots. 
And then someone's speaking a different language over the top, softly whispering. Givaudan. 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 And then, but then they go in out of different languages as well. They don't stick to one. They'll be like, oh, Givaudan. She doesn't know what she wants. <laughs> right. Like, uh, le passion. Ah. Ah, uh, will she or won't she? Ah. Uh. <laughs> it reminds me, I like to listen to world music a lot, like yeah. from, from different countries. Yeah. With the various, like, nice beats. Like, uh, if you remember, there was a band back in the 90s, you might not remember, you're too young, but called Deep Forest. No, no, and I have no idea what that is. They were kind of like this dance groove thing, but they would go to, like, like the Pygmies and record their song. And they would go, like, to, like, obscure oh. little cultures and record it and put it over beats. And it was fun, and I enjoyed it. So there's a whole world movement where people do that, and it's huh. very obvious when they don't they don't have a native speaker yeah, in yeah. in their group who's writing these things in English because they just pick a bunch of like trigger words and hopefully they hit the mood right. Desire, <laughs> love, <laughs> longing. And, you know the beats in the background. <laughs> longing. <laughs> Desire, <laughs> joy, <laughs> flowers, <laughs> and you're like, wait, 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 all right, would you just get on with it? What is it? Pudding, passion, <laughs> pudding, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, the, it, you, I, that's that's the, exactly that's the that's the that's the the, the 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 cinematic scope of this show so far. That's you're, what it seems right. like to me. I yes. feel like the director directing this would be the sort of person who you wouldn't be able to approach. He would like scream or shout in your face if you tried to talk to him. If you tried to like, his beret was in the way of the shot, yes, or yes. he was just smoking his like two hundred cigarettes oh, a day. Oh yeah, no, no. And you're like, uh, can we do? No, oh, get out of the way. Right. No, you're absolutely. He was. If you like asked him for like, yeah. <laughs> like some guidance, he would t put his cigarette out right in your fucking eye. Yeah. Why are you asking me idiot questions? Bah! Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But you still don't tell me what's going on. You told me the feel of it. Yeah, I, think, oh, that, I don't know. I, They're selling perfume? Is that what you're telling us? Well, I don't think they are selling perfume. Okay. I'll tell you what it is. Okay. It's like a Truman Show situation. Okay. Where they're in the perfume commercial. <laughs> but we are watching the commercials. But for them, it's their life. And That's they're in the hunt to try one. and figure out That's what's <laughs> really going on. They're like, there's a man standing in the street holding a bag. I, the, what's going on? <laughs> He's always there on a Tuesday at this time. Uh, you're, you're absolutely. Yeah. And the only thing that would have made that perfect if a gaucho just rode by on a horse, yeah. that would have made that perfect. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right. Very good. So yeah. it's the Truman Show in a perfume commercial. Mm. All right. I think. All right, Argentina. I hope you're happy with our choices here. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, th I think that that about wraps it up then. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. We're glad to be back to our normal shenanigans. And again, uh, Esto Colmo, Time for Revenge. You want to figure out what's going on, you can catch that on Netflix. And if you want just a really nice wine that will definitely not break the bank, Cruz Alta 2017 Reserve Malbec. Mm. Go out and get it. Charles will have it at the barbecue along with all his bells. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. See you next time. Yeah.